Welcome to the Daily Buzz, a rundown of the day's headlines. I'm Robert Kirky. What will Governor Cox veto? Spencer Cox has until Friday to either sign or veto roughly 500 bills passed by the Utah legislature in its recent session. Coming into office, the governor promised to use the veto pen liberally, more liberally than his predecessors. But at a news conference this week, it sounded like the veto pen may stay in his pocket protector. Cox said he hasn't received many requests for vetoes this year, but one bill he has said he still intends to veto is House Bill 11, a ban on transgender athletes competing in girls' sports. In his monthly news conference, Cox said the bill is bad policy and bad process, and the resulting lawsuit could bankrupt the High School Activities Association. We'll be watching for what he signs and what he doesn't this week. The Democratic Party of Utah is holding its caucus on Tuesday, picking delegates for the annual convention. Normally, it's a pretty sleepy affair for the party that's out of power, but this year there's a twist. Brian Schott has a preview. Normally, there's not much of a reason to pay attention to what the Democrats are doing in their caucus meetings, mainly because really they only have a couple of contested legislative races, if at all. But this year, it's a lot different, especially because uh, one of the big fights that's happening this year is whether or not to nominate someone for U.S. Senate or clear the field and let independent Evan McMullen take on Mike Lee one-on-one. Um, and that's going to be decided by the by the delegates who are picked on t- Tuesday night. That's the whole fight right there. Um, and so in Salt Lake County, a lot of the meetings are going to be in person, but there are a number of ca- caucuses that are going to still be held virtually. And the delegates who are selected there will be the ones who will decide that race at the convention, um, uh, whether or not to give the nomination to Democrat Kale Weston or to sit this one out as uh, as I reported last week with Jenny Wilson and Ben McAdams leading the charge there. These are the first new de- de- delegates who have been selected in four years, much like on the Republican side. I'm, it's really hard to get a sense of what the turnout is going to be because there is a concerted effort to get Democrats to register as Republicans um, in order to have a voice in some of the primaries they're going to be taking on the t- taking place on the Republican side of the the ledger. Not sure how successful that's going to be, um, but uh, you may see reduced turnout. So really, it's a crapshoot what's going to happen on Tuesday night. There are some some legislative races that are worth paying attention to because there are some longtime Democrats up on the Hill who have drawn challengers this year. Uh, A couple that really got my attention in Senate District 9, Derek Kitchen uh, is up for re-election and he's being challenged by Jennifer Plum and she's legit. She's uh, working really hard to get some support in the community. That's going to be a really interesting race that will be decided at the Salt Lake County Convention. And these Democrats uh, are may have a, a role to play in that, although both Kitchen and Plum are trying to get signatures to get on the ballot. So that may just turn into a pr- primary race. In Senate District 13, Gene Davis, who has been on the Hill forever, is being challenged by Nate Bluen. They're both also trying to get signatures. So The delegates may have a role to play in this and may not, but Gene Davis, people have been trying to get a challenger for him for years, and he has been able to avoid that. Will he be able to avoid this time? It doesn't look like it, so we'll be going to to a primary there. Senate District 14, that's one that that became open when Jenny Iwamoto decided not to run again. 
uh, and that that caught a lot of people by surprise. And you're seeing four Democrats in that race, including current state representative Stephanie Pitcher, who's giving up her seat in the House to try to run for that. So so the delegates will have four candidates to choose from as they uh, uh, go to convention in the next couple of days. And I don't think a lot of them have really signed up to get signatures as well. So that's one the delegates will definitely have a a role in. Um, Over on the House side, uh, you know, there are a couple of seats in play for the delegates this year. Uh, One of them is in House District 30. That's the seat that's being vacated by Republican Mike Winder. He's not running for re-election. There are two Republicans on one side. There are three Democrats in the race, including Jana Nordfeldt. She is the wife of a longtime West Valley City Councilman, Fatima Deer Dere, uh, who came within, I think, 200 votes of winning a legislative seat last time against Craig Hall. Craig Hall's no longer in the Craig Hall is no longer on the Hill, uh, so she's taking another run at this. And Sophia Haas-Tingy, who uh, has run for a number of seats and has been unsuccessful in that. And then in House District 32, that's the seat that Stephanie Pitcher vacated. Uh, There are three Democrats running for that one as well. None of them have signed up for signatures. So that one is going to be also decided by the delegates. So for the first time in a long time, the Democrats have something at stake on caucus night and it's going to go all the way through the state convention on april 28th the heavy metal shop in downtown salt lake city has been a counterculture institution for 35 years a place to look through records or take in a metal concert earlier this month the shop lost one of its owners angie kirk who died of leukemia at age 59. Pollock jaswal has the story of what happened next when angie kirk of the kirks from utah's heavy metal shop passed away earlier this month it was sudden She, her husband Kevin, and their two adopted grandchildren had recently gone on what they called a dream vacation to Disneyland in California. They hired a limo service and everything. But when Angie and Kevin got back, she fell ill with a cold, which rapidly developed into pneumonia. When she got a blood test done at the hospital, they discovered she had a rare and aggressive form of leukemia. Angie passed away three weeks after she first fell sick, on March 5th at the age of 59. Now, Kevin is left to take care of their two grandchildren on his own. The family has long been a port in the storm for traveling musicians and music fans alike. From all over, musicians have reached out to pay tribute and remember Angie for who she was. Kind, helpful, empathetic, and as one person put it, everything good in the world. Kevin and Angie were able to see one last show together, a band he loved in high school, Sparks, for two back-to-pack shows in Los Angeles during their trip. The heavy metal shop has been a long-standing place in the Utah music scene for all to congregate because of the Kirk family. And now, friends have set up a GoFundMe campaign to help Kevin raise his grandchildren and buy a house. Finally, it was the equinox yesterday, so happy spring. Hopefully, we have a few more showers ahead of us. That's it today for the Daily Buzz. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and let your friends and family know about us. I'd like to thank the Salt Lake Tribune's Joel Cardenas for editing the Daily Buzz today and Salt Lake City band, The Pelicans, for our music. Thanks for listening.